You're listening to the Canes Country Podcast with Brett Finger and Justin Lape. So, T-minus what, uh, three weeks now? T-minus three weeks-ish till opening night? Does that sound about right? Sounds about right. And it seems like we're rolling along with the podcast as we as we get closer. So, yes, I'm yes. excited. As am I. Uh, welcome to the Canes Country Podcast. Uh, my name's Brett, and I am with Justin. Hi, Justin. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. Um, I guess uh, I'm a little nervous for for people in the Raleigh area. I myself am in Charlotte, and I think we all know uh, what we're referring to here. There's Hurricane Florence is is headed our way. Um, but yeah, I I I am excited for hockey and, and to talk hockey. What's unfunny to you that you've seen um out of the out of the canes in their their traverse city prospect tournament oh man they really did (laughs) traverse that tournament pretty poorly um um yeah so the hurricanes participate they're one of eight teams uh every year to participate in the traverse city prospect tournament um in traverse city michigan so man the first game was great the first game was really good they beat st louis four to one uh cory promen's prospect ranking list uh by organization had the hurricanes i think in fifth and then st louis in fourth so it was like haha take that cory promen um (laughs) but from there it wasn't too good uh next day they lost to chicago five two then they lost to columbus four to one columbus ended up winning the whole darn thing um and then they went out and lost 7-3 to Dallas. That last game they didn't have uh Jeremy Helvig in net. They put in camp invite uh and tournament invite uh Mario Colina in net and he fared rather poorly. Um but yeah, I mean it's a it's a prospect tournament. Um the Hurricanes tend to do better than what they did over this past weekend. But, you know, it is what it is. There, there was some good. There was some bad. Uh, the good uh, for me was Andrei Sveshnikov, who led the team in points. He had four points in as many games. Um, two goals, two assists. He looked really good. He looked really good. There were, there were times good. when him and Nakesh was – they were both really on the same page. They were working really well together. Um Another person who stood out, um, it was a pleasant surprise because uh, up to this point, we hadn't heard uh, much positive stuff about this person, and that person is Julian Gauthier, 2016 first-round draft pick, 21st overall. Um, he was the part of the two first-round pick draft that year with Jake Bean as well. Uh, he was really good. Um scored two goals both of them were dirty goals in front of the net and i think if he wants to make it to the nhl and stick around that's something that he has to do uh get to the front of the net he's big he's strong and uh he's fast he's really he has some good skating uh he really moves his feet well through the neutral zone he showed that a few times um so yeah keep don't forget about julian gauthier uh it's easy to forget about him because um, he didn't he wasn't great as a rookie last year in in charlotte um, and there's a lot of great prospects uh, coming through the system. Natchez and Svechnikov are leading the way there. But um, 
I think it's I think it's you know with what Gauthier showed uh, I think that's pretty exciting too so uh, yeah overall the results probably weren't where you would want them but there's some good some bad and really this is just pretty much a head start for the young guys heading into training camp which starts tomorrow from when we're recording Thursday uh, the day the podcast comes out uh, so training camp yeah. that means that hockey is almost here right yeah it's crazy um yeah I, i'm glad julian gotier had a strong tournament um he you know last year in charlotte he was streaky um there was there was parts where you felt his presence on the ice and you could see him getting to the front of the net and you know he got a few rebound goals stuff like that and when he uses his size to his advantage because we all have talked about his size when it comes to the strength and the bodybuilding and all that stuff. Um, you know, it, it sounds promising, but you know, I, I'd like to see him take a, a big step in Charlotte this year. Um, he has, he'll have the opportunity to, to do so. Um, I think the roster seems to be a little more clear cut. Um, when, you know, last year there's, you know, a lot of call ups and stuff like that, but this year I think we pretty much know that players like Nikoff, um, Fogel and, and maybe even Walmart, um, you know, we'll, we'll be up there, uh, as, as, as well as Nietzsche's. Um, and so I don't see Svechnikov getting any time in Charlotte at all. I think we all know he'll probably start on the roster and I don't think he'll think, be sent down at all. I think contractually, so, uh, he'd have to go back to the Ontario hockey league. He, I don't think he has an option to go to Charlotte anyway. So yeah. Training camp coming up, uh, you know, tomorrow or the day of this posting. Um, you know, you'd like to see some of the younger guys make those steps, like Walmart, like Zekoff, um, and and hopefully, you know, completely solidify. There's no questions whatsoever. Um, and and for me, I think Zekoff has a little bit more leeway. But for me, I think Lucas Walmart, in my opinion, this is kind of do or die for him. Um, I I think that he can he has the chance to be outplayed and outshined by some of the younger guys in the organization and if he doesn't have a strong training camp or, or make the team then i don't know he's either going to be stuck in charlotte for for the rest of the year or or maybe even become trade bait in 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 the case of a of a deadline trade or something like that so um i yeah i i think that he has the most to prove uh definitely heading into training camp yeah, for for Walmart, he's he's kind of an interesting player too because you know his contract status would would make you think that this is kind of like the year that he has to make some headway in the organization because he's a two way guy this year, a one way guy next year. Um, he signed that two year agreement with the team over the off season, so can he? insert himself into into a spot here i think it's not going to be easy um you look at the centers you have natchez coming in i think aho is going to play center this year so there's your 1c jordan Saul's your 2c uh natchez is your 3c or maybe natchez is the two and Saul's the three and then you have victor rask too who i wouldn't be surprised if he shifted over to the wing maybe he, you know, it's kind of like, you know how Bill Peters always like to have multiple face-off takers on the same line. Uh, so, you know, if someone gets kicked out of the circle or, you know, someone can go on their strong side, um, maybe Victor Rask comes into play there. But 
there's a good deal of of center depth on the team. So it's gonna. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be easy. I mean, maybe he slots in as the four C. Um, maybe I don't know what that would what that would look like. I think that's a possibility, but I don't envision him getting much time beyond that. Out, uh, you know, barring injuries. So I think it's gonna be tough. Honestly, I think it's gonna be tough for him. Um, I think it's either fourth line center or he's in the AHL again. Because if Aho moves to center and Natchez plays at center, and you have Stahl and Rask and again all those players, it's I don't know. There's suddenly there's a lot of center depth here that we mm-hmm. didn't have or that the Canes didn't have last year or the year before. And this is a separate conversation in and of itself, but the the center depth is actually pretty good. If Aho can transition and be that guy and they just can can do what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm excited for Natchez a bit more than I was originally. Uh, you know I wasn't you the biggest fan bust, when we drafted. I remember. I said he had the potential to be a bust. Well, every poten- every potential player has a potential to be a bust. <clears throat> exactly. So bust. I think that was a safe uh, assumption. Okay. All right. And I think I think I'm pretty that it's, sure. Sorry, I think it's still still fair to say that Nietzsche's could be a bust. I think you what you said was the Hurricanes are going to regret making that pick. I do. I still think that. Really? Are you really? I'm gonna double down. <laughs> He's a, okay, Justin. You said some out of pocket, outlandish things on this. Hey, on this that was in before. our first. That was in our first season of the podcast. This is the second season. I'm a changed man. You just said okay. that. You just said that he's going to be a bad pick again. You didn't change no, anything. No, no. Okay, okay. Uh, let me, let me, let me, let me. Uh, uh, Okay, well, okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay. I'll, I'll take it back. I'll take it back. But I will say, okay. and I will say with complete confidence, that Jake Bean is a bust, and he was the wrong pick. Well, for yeah, that sure. means Charlie McAvoy. Or... Chichikrin, Chichikrin, too, and then you got Dante Fabro. Well, I mean, McAvoy would, would be the big yeah, one because he was right after. Yes. Obviously, that doesn't look very good. Yeah, that doesn't look very good, and I don't. I think that he has a lot to prove this year in Charlotte. I think he will be reporting to Charlotte, if, if I'm correct. He is. I don't think he'll be going back to the WHL. He is. Um, yeah, he's out of eligibility there. Yeah, so um, that would be interesting, too, because it, it would be nice to see defensive depth in Charlotte because ever since, like, Slavin and Pesci got called up, like, <laughs> I, it seems like the leader on that back end was Trevor Carrick. I mean, it's 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 kind of yeah. been... Him you know, an uninteresting Kewen. to watch them. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, of course, Roland Kewen too. But um, even you know, he was acquired in a trade. But it it to see the homegrown talent and see him in Charlotte will, will be will be interesting. So yeah, Jake Bean has a lot to prove in Charlotte for sure. Um, yeah, I guess I'll I'll double back on the Nietzsche's take, but um, I'll 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 see. We'll still see. We'll still see. I wouldn't pencil him in for top five rookie this year, but uh, I, I think, think he'll have. He'll have some growing pains. Um, no, I, well, I really think that a lot of the fan base is is really like behind these two. That it's going to be the dynamic duo, and that they're going to have sixty points apiece and mm-hmm. all that stuff. I think I think it's time to put the brakes on that. I mean, to get 
40 a piece would be nice. I mean, that would be yeah. a win-win situation. Um, but I, I think that you're definitely going to see Sveshnikov uh, with a much stronger season than Nietzsche this first year, for sure. I think that's fair. Um, because I think I think Svechnikov is his game maybe translates better right away. And his he's big. He's an NHL body right now. Um, yeah. And, you know, but don't... Uh, will Natchez be a, a Calder finalist? Um, probably not. Um, but I think he'll be good. I think he'll be a good player. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be as good, quite as good as Sveshnikov, but doesn't mean he's going to be good, or doesn't mean he's not going to be good. And I think that he'll be hit, an upgrade over, say, Derek Ryan. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And speaking of, of Derek Ryan, uh, you, you, did you see who the new number seven is? I did. Phil DiGiuseppe, another player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Didn't he have a one-way contract, <laughs> too? Didn't yeah, he? I think he's on a one-way. Why are they giving yep. – why did he get – why did he get a one-way contract? I'm not sure. I guess maybe they're hoping that if he doesn't work out, someone will claim him off waivers to just get rid of the <laughs> roster spot. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean – what I was talking about for Walmart earlier is is even more so true with DiGiuseppe. I mean, they signed yep. him to a one year deal. This this year's one way. So, does he make the team as a thirteenth forward? Maybe. Uh, I think there are a lot of people in that conversation for that job. And if he doesn't make the team, he's going to go on waivers. So, does someone pick him up? I don't know. He had a great end of the season last year. He was very, very good down the stretch. Uh, can't argue that at all. But the 60 games before that, he wasn't very good. Um, he was pretty rough at times. And, you know, so I guess we'll see with DiGiuseppe. What do you think about DiGiuseppe? Um, yeah, I think he's, I think it's another, yeah, it's exactly a situation like Walmart, uh, where it's, it's more or less do or die. Um, the organization is, I think, in my opinion, and I don't think this is a hot take at all, is deeper than it's ever been, um, in terms of youth. Now, yeah, the, the roster right now isn't, oh my God, you know, beautiful. It's, it's not, it's going to take a few years, especially for players like Svechnikov and, and Nietzsche's to, to develop. Um, but the defense is the strongest it's ever been and maybe ever will be. Um, th- I think that's going to be one of the most interesting storylines of camp is that is that bottom, the bottom pairing. Um, it looks like all signs are pointing that unless something crazy comes up in the next few weeks, Justin Falk's probably going to start the, start the year with the team. And, and um, you know, he has been behind trade rumors for as long as we can remember, or at least for the past few months. And you have plenty of game tape to prove that maybe, you know, sticking with him was not the best idea. Yeah. But he, he could have a bounce back year, and then I the only thing will. that does is benefit the, the team, especially with the addition of, of Dougie Hamilton, which still feels kind of crazy to say. Um, that the back end could be a major offensive producer. We're talking, I think, the levels of Nashville – uh, maybe not this year exactly, but it could get there. 
um, because they had the, like their top four each had at least like 40 points or something like that or something crazy, um, which you don't really see as much. You see the top two pairing kind of maybe hold the, hold the fort there with the points, but then you know the, the bottom two pairings kind of taper off. Um, but yeah, the, the, the big storyline for me is for guys like you know TVR, Flurry, Carrick, and McEwen. I mean, that's a free for all for that final for that final spot. You know, so I, I think I TBR is pretty safe in there. You think so? So I mean, what, they is, just signed him think... to they just signed him to a multi-year, multi-million dollar extension. Average. Well, then it just does it not feel like they're you know depth is always a good thing to have, but I think I think Hayden Flurry had a a very solid season last year. Yeah, he didn't score a goal. Okay, big whoop. You know, Van Ries- the rookie defenseman was exponentially better than Flurry though. Van Riemsdyk was okay. the most consistent defender on that team last year. Yes, by far. Um, I really like. Yeah, him. but I don't. I don't know. I just. I think that Flurry should get his chance, and it, it would stink to see him in the press box all the time. Um, I guess you know maybe you send him to Charlotte. He's still yeah. on a two-way deal. Um, he can be. He'll be a top pairing. For, without a doubt, um, and maybe you develop them some more, and then see if there's you know you can kick tires on on Justin Falk and and see you know if you can bring in some offense. I, I think it's important to have a defender there in case of a Falk trade, a, a defender ready to go, um, because without a doubt this offense is still a little shaky. I don't think it's you, you think, and you kind of pointed out on the last podcast that. You think even with the replacement of Skinner um, and, you know, his departure that, you know, the goal situation, the goal differential there is still going to be made up. I'm not sure of that. Um, I think, again, they're going to be a team that frustrates you where they play very well defensively and, they you know, they control the puck, you know, great puck possession numbers, but they're still going to have a hard time putting in the back of the net. Um, That's why I I still would keep – if I was – Don Waddell, I would I'd keep it up in the air. I'd still keep Falk as, as trade bait. Um, you know, we didn't really see uh, any trades happening until, you know, the just this week, Max, Max Patch Reddy finally got traded after it seemed like forever. Uh, yeah, that, we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But um, I don't know. I just, I just think you should keep all options open. And if they really think that this youth is going to really fill the goal differential that they had last year, then... I don't know. I think you're putting too much in the basket. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not a Hayden Flurry. Uh, I don't I don't hate I don't hate Hayden Flurry. Um, will he ever be what he was supposed to be when he got drafted? No, I don't think so. Um, does that mean he can't be a reliable top six guy, potentially top four guy? Uh, no, it doesn't mean he can't be that. Um, it's just my... I think that Trevor Van Riemsdyk has an inside track on that final pairing. And quite honestly, I'd rather have Van Riemsdyk there than Fleury. Uh, that's just my opinion, though. Um, and then you look at the the D pairings. You're, you're looking at Dougie Hamilton, Jacob Slavin, who on paper should be a top five pairing in the league um then you have maybe calvin dehan and 
either Brett Pesci or Justin Falk, probably. And then the the remainder from those three goes down and plays the third pairing with Trevor Van Riemsdyk. That's a really good top six defensively, you know? And, and I do agree with you on your point that Hayden Fleury, even though, even if he doesn't make the team out of camp, um, he could very well find his way on that team if Falk gets traded or whatever happens. But, you know, I think if you put Falk, I think this year is going to be a big year for him because I think he's going to get a more sheltered role now that they pretty much went out and traded for a better version of Justin Falk in Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, they're very similar players, but Dougie Hamilton's better. So I think that Falk's going to get a little bit more sheltered role, and I think that will probably help him. And I think he'll, you know, he'll still be on the power play, all that stuff. I think he'll bounce back a little bit, and if he can get that trade value back up to where you know you can you can start to do some things with it, then maybe you trade him, or maybe he's so valuable offensively at the deadline, uh, and you're like, oh, we have him for another year and a half guaranteed for his contract, so maybe you just keep him. And if they're in a playoff hunt, then you know you know it's a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of maybes and possibilities there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but that's not a maybe this year. Is the Vegas Golden Knights? Um, mm-hmm. They they ended up as we said traded for Max Pacioretty. Um, so the Canadians get Thomas Tatar, Nick Suzuki, and a 2019 second round pick. Pacioretty um, goes to Vegas. He's got a one year left on his deal at 4.5 million, but then he went ahead and signed a four-year extension worth seven mil um, per year. Uh, we talked about it on last week's podcast and, you know, about the whole agent situation. Um, Alan Walsh. But frankly, I didn't think the uh, the trade was going to be done by the next time we got on a podcast. But mm-hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on this trade and, and who is the winner here or is it, or is it a win-win situation? Um, okay, so everything Vegas has done – um, since they became a team, has proven to be brilliant, right? So for sure. Except for the whole, uh, uh, what's 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 the name of the guy that the Russian guy that came over? <laughs> Vadim Shipachov. Shipachov. How yeah. could you forget Vadim yeah, Shipachov? Such a household name. How could I forget that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, One NHL goal, Vadim Shipachov. Wow, what a disaster that was. Um, also, so Vegas trades Tomas Tatar, Nick Suzuki in a 2019 second. And I guess that's a good deal for both sides. I I mean, Vegas clearly thinks that Pacioretty still has good hockey ahead of him and that he's going to be good on their team. I mean, they lost James Neal and David Perron. I mean, they they have some turnover, roster turnover there. Um, so they potentially bring in 20, 25 goals, but they traded a first, a second, and a third for Tomas Tatar. So in a sense, they traded a first, a second, another second, a third, and Nick Suzuki for Pacioretty. I don't know about that asset management. Uh, looking at it that way, uh, it looked kind of rough. But you know, uh, it just if Thomas Tatar, uh, I think that he could. He's 
also a guy that can score 20 goals, and he's a little younger than Pacioretty. So did did Vegas give up a little bit? Yeah. Um, but I think it's a little bit easier of a deal to make because Tomas Tatar came there at the deadline and did absolutely nothing for that team. So maybe he has a yeah. better fit in Montreal. Nick Suzuki's a good prospect. Uh, he'll be a player and uh, you know a draft pick. So the Habs are... You know they're they're out here making trades, trying to fix this mess. Yeah, it's it's a mess. Um, I like to trade on on both sides. Uh, you know Vegas continues to strengthen their roster. Um, you know bringing Paul Statsny in was one thing, and they kept most of the roster intact. Um, you know it's hard to to strike lightning twice, I guess. Uh, but they're definitely doing a good enough job to prove that they. They want to get right back there. Um, now, Nicholas Suzuki was taking one pick after Martin Nietzsche, and he was a guy I really wanted and was really high on. But all things aside, um, he continues to show strong development. So I, I think it's it's a win-win situation. Um, if if the Golden Knights are, are already there, which they proved last year in the first year, who could have ever thought that, um, you might as well just keep trying. Uh, there's no reason to try to retool or anything just because you had one good year. I mean, they they have a legit team and they still have a lot of cap space. Um, that gets a little bit lesser, but I mean, they could still be in position to get a guy like Eric Carlson. I think that people kind of forget that. I know that the ask was Cody Glass, which would which would kind of hurt their you know their shallow prospect pool. Um, but they have so many picks still left over. Um, and I, I, I really like it. I, I really like this trade. Um, yeah, Tatar was an unfortunate, um, get at the, at the deadline, you know, it didn't work out healthy scratch, all yeah, that stuff. It felt like that was um, like a, yeah, all right, we, we're at the deadline. We're contending. We have to do something. And then yeah. they did that and it was just unnecessary and they wasted assets probably. So, and you, and you, in the Detroit, the pick Detroit got ended up being Joe Valeno. So that could yeah. have been the player that they got. Yeah, and and also getting a second round pick back, uh, whether it be late second round, you know, depending on where Vegas finishes, um, you you still like that, you know, you should still get a good player in the top, you know, sixties. So, um, so I, I I like it. I I think that the Habs actually made a smart trade for once. Yeah, um, I like the deal. You knew he wanted to be in Montreal, um, but you knew you couldn't go in with this distraction, especially going into. The final year of his contract, um, <clears throat> and it's tough to trade a captain, um, especially one in as, as big of a market as Montreal. So um, I think that they handled this a little bit better. But then they, the problem was they ended up putting a graphic up on Twitter, and it said uh, like something like, "Who will the next or the next captain of the Montreal Canadiens will be?" And then they put a blank. And then it just turned into a meme from there. Oh, uh, oh some yeah. Some people said yeah. traded three years from now, um, you know, so or traded for Shea Weber. So, um, yeah, it, it, it it's uh, – it, I like this trade. Um, and hopefully the Habs can kind of get their influx of talent. Um, they're a team that, you know, again, there's no clear direction. Um, so I, I like it. Um, and I think it benefits them this year and beyond. Now, before, a team. Before, before we move on, I want to address something that you said. It was it was near the beginning of your talk about that. 
Um, okay. Did you did you just say that you'd rather have Nick Suzuki than Martin Natchez? No, I said last year. I oh, I said okay. that. Sorry. I said last year. I was very was high on really Suzuki upset. when he start when he kept dropping because yeah, yeah. originally he was projected I think like from like the six to eight range. And then he kept dropping. And then when we selected Nietzsche's, I was really upset. And yes, and it was also hurt because Gabe Velarde also fell to mm-hmm. L.A. at 11. And he was also, at one point, was projected to go as high as third. Yeah. So um, I was, yeah, I was really frustrated because Nietzsche's mm-hmm. was not projected that high. He was projected like in the 15 to 17 range, I'd yeah. say. Um, so they kind of reached not too far for that, but at the time, um, when I it, saw it, at the yeah. time it looked like an odd pick. I mean, since yeah. then, Natchez has become like a top twelve prospect in all of hockey, according to almost everyone. But yeah, you know, it, at the time, I yeah. do agree. It looked it looked like a weird pick at, at the time. Yeah, they but for sure, but Nick had a Suzuki lot more information is on on Natchez than most of the league did. You're saying. Yeah, um, but Nick Suzuki's no sleeper for sure. Um, so I think either way, the Canes would have benefited in that situation. But um, yeah, at the time it was it was very frustrating, especially with Velarde being picked one one uh, pick ahead. So um, yeah, but uh, no, I, I I like the move. Um, but one move that came this week that I think really kind of surprised everyone. Steve Eiserman stepped down as his general manager role in Tampa Bay. Um, and Julian Breezeboys, which was a guy who Breeze was... Breezebois. Breeze excuse me. Breezeboys. Breezeboys. Respect, respect the French, Justin. Give me the Breezeboys. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yes, Breezebois. There we go. Um, yeah, he was a guy that was very slightly rumored to maybe even fill in the general manager position for the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm. Um, we kind of listed him as a, as a candidate when, when, uh, when Francis would, you know, step down. So, um, he kind of gets a promotion and Steve Eisman steps down. Now at first this was kind of shocking to me. I was like, what, you know, Hey, is there, you know, cause normally when someone steps down from a position, especially as good as one as that, um, I, you know, I was like, Oh, did, he do something wrong or something like that, but yeah. no, um, he has one year remaining in his contract. Um, and basically, I mean, in your opinion, Brett, do all signs kind of point to a reunion in Detroit or, or what do you see? I mean, he's, he's going to be in the advisor role this year, uh, on a team that, you know, I think was also supposed to be an advisor this year. <laughs> yeah. So who knows how much control, Eisenman will still have, but uh, yeah, it it it's definitely interesting. I mean, does this surprise you at all? I mean, yeah. I mean, the headline was surprising, right? Like out of nowhere, um, Eisenman steps down. That's I mean, that was shocking. Uh, of course, Julian Breezebois had was rumored a lot over the off season, and now maybe this is a plan that they had for a while, and they kind of knew that, you know. He would Breezebois was going to be the guy to take over there, because um, if so, that makes sense that he didn't take any other GM jobs, including the one in Carolina. So, yeah, it, it was it was kind of surprising. Um, Detroit, of course, has been the number one place rumored around. Seattle, maybe. I think you could go to Seattle. 
you know, I mean, they're, um, they're going to have an expansion draft in a year, or when is it, 2021, 2020? Something like that. Yeah, uh, 2020, and and all signs on that arena are, are going yeah, well, and maybe. I think they started renovations. So, um, if the NHL can avoid this lockout, you can, I mean, you're gonna have to avoid a lockout, which is the year after they're projected uh, to be a team. But yeah, I mean, Eisenman is that. I mean, why wouldn't you want your fingerprints all over? I mean, look what McPhee did. I mean, yeah, exactly. He almost it exactly. makes him look like a hero. I think it inspired a lot of these front office guys almost. So. So maybe maybe Seattle, maybe Detroit. Uh, those would seem like the two in my mind that would make sense. Um, going back to Detroit after this upcoming year, maybe, and trying to turn that around, or maybe he wants to follow in McPhee's footsteps, like you said, and build his team from scratch and see if it can, can see if it can compete. You know, I think that would be interesting too. So, I guess we'll see. Um, but now, Justin, last week we it's did, time. Last week we took a look at the Atlantic Division, and this week we're going to look at the Pacific Division. So we're going coast to coast here on the Canes Country Podcast. And wow! Next week we're going to look at the Central, and then the week after we're going to look at the Metropolitan, and then. The podcast that comes out the week of October 4th, which is the Thursday that the Hurricanes start the season, earlier that week, it will be the All Hurricanes preview. So, oh boy. There's yeah, a, by then we'll, by then we'll know everything and, and, you know, kind of the roster will be all set and and we'll be able to have a full reaction. But we wanted to wait on that and not get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Um, because you never know. I mean, there could be a trade. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't look likely, but you know, there there could be. Uh, Don Waddell might pull the trigger, so we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, we wanted to dedicate kind of a full podcast to that and give. Also, in that episode, we'll be giving uh, our full playoff predictions. Getting into it, Pacific Division, um, the Anaheim Ducks. Brett, yeah, what do you Ducks. what do you see? What do you see? Good year last year. Really disappointing playoffs, right? Um, that first round against San Jose, it was a disaster for Anaheim uh, in every use of the word. It was a disaster. So, uh, it looks like they're making another run at this thing with the roster they've had. Uh, hasn't worked yet. Uh, Kessler is getting old, and he is broken down at this point. Uh, maybe he has yeah. a little bit left in the tank. Getzlaff, Perry, uh, all these guys are aging. Um, they signed extensions to Brandon Montour, who's a defenseman I really like. Um, they signed John Gibson, who might be the most underrated and under-talked-about goalie in the league. Um, they signed him to an extension. Andre Cachet, they, he signed to an extension. He had a good little year last year, too. Um, they took care of a lot of in-house stuff, and... Maybe this is the year, though they've been saying that for a few years now. So I don't, I don't know if this is going to be the year. It always feels like something falls apart in some form or fashion uh, in the playoffs for the Ducks, and I guess we'll see. I mean, they still it's it's a very similar team to what it was last year, and there were rumors that they were maybe going to do something big over the off season. They really didn't. Um, 
So maybe Getzlaff and the gang can can take care of it this year. But I mean, they'll probably will they be a playoff team? Probably when you have as good of a defense as they have and notable offensive weapons and a great 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 goalie in John Gibson. Uh, they have a shot to be pretty good, and I think they're going to be a playoff team, but I don't know how far that core can take them. Uh, that would be interesting. And the name to look at is prospect Sam Steele. Uh, he's been great in the Western Hockey League. Uh, he was the top-line center for Canada at the World Juniors last year. Um, maybe he makes some noise and maybe uh, you know fights for a roster spot there. Uh, he'll be a good player, so I guess we'll see. Arizona. Justin, your favorite team? Yes, my favorite team. <laughs> um, last year, I predicted them to be in a wild card spot. But um, before I address that, I will go ahead and make my hot take on your last team, the Anaheim Ducks. They are my Chicago this year. They're not making the playoffs, in my wow. opinion. Yeah, it's a hot take. Uh, we'll discuss that a little bit more later. But uh, right. the Arizona, Arizona Coyotes... Um, they handled business in-house, basically. Um, they, you know, re-signed OEL and, and Christian Dvorak, which was another, uh, you know, people kind of complained about the the average annual value on that contract. But I think that if you watch him play, He's a good he player. checks all the boxes. He's a good player, and you're, you're betting on his future. Um, he can, I think he has the potential to make that contract look like a steal. Um and it's I, not like they're that, hurting for cap room. Yeah. Either, so. Yeah, and they have plenty of cap room, so it's not it's not a big risk. It's not like you know it's a, a cap strapped team. So um, yeah, I, I think it's a solid one, and he's I think he's part of the young core there, um, which you know got more impressive. I think uh, they you were know you traded. The stretch. They were great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they they were fantastic down the stretch. Um, if they had just played at that pace, I mean they were going to be a, a wonderful playoff team. Um, but it it didn't work out that way, especially with some early season injuries and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think keeping OEL is probably the best situation for the franchise. I mean, he's he's the leader. He's a star, in my opinion, and, a, and an underappreciated mm-hmm. star in this league. Um, because of all the things he can do with a puck. I mean, he's great possession. Um, and, and, you know, it's tough to have a defenseman that is as offensively gifted as he is. Um, I mean, he is he is basically a little bit lesser Eric Carlson yeah, without, without, yeah. without the fate. I mean, that's that's <laughs> what he is. And I, I yeah. hate that he's underappreciated because he's in the market he's in. Um, it's not That's not a slight at Arizona. That's a fault of maybe national media not covering him enough. Um but I mean, he's the man. Um, so yeah, I'm excited he's, to see he's that. Eric but, Carlson light. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they made uh, waves earlier in the offseason with the Max Domi for Alex Galchenyuk trade. Um, it was a one for one, so it was kind of a fresh start for each player. Um, you know, Montreal says, "Hey, we're not putting Galchenyuk at center. Uh, he wanted to play center, and you know, I'm, he's been a solid off player on the wing." Um, but I think I like this move because basically John Shaka came out and said, Hey, he is probably going to play center. So, um, I like this move a lot. I think Galchenyuk still holds more upside than Max Domi does. Um, you know, Domi had a strong rookie season, but last year was not good. 
Uh, I think we we found out. I think we pointed out that he had five even strength goals. Yeah. Uh, and and four empty netters for a total of nine goals last year. So it was he is not the offensive player you want to keep as your core, um, which kind of leads to the next team we're talking about in Calgary, who we kind of traded a player that wasn't part of our offensive core as much as we should have, or as much as we did make him. Um, oh, come yeah. on. The, the Calgary Flames, there's my hot take. <laughs> You're unbelievable. Any, any <laughs> opportunity you get to just... Just drag poor Lindholm's name through the dirt. You're gonna do it. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about Calgary a little bit. So, obviously, there's a little there's a lot of hurricane connections here. Um, just like how Carolina is Chicago South, Calgary is now Carolina North, and Bill Peters is the head coach. Um, good for them. I guess uh, they signed James Neal, uh, who's you know he had a good year last year. He had a really good year. Um, long uh, a bit of term on that deal is interesting, and he's going to get a lot of money. Uh, we'll see how that contract looks in three years, but for the next couple of years, that should be a worthwhile investment for him. Um, and of course, the big trade. Um, my opinion on that. Since day one, is that Carolina won that trade, and my opinion hasn't changed. Dougie Hamilton is a top ten defenseman in this league. Uh, Michael Furlan's a great middle six player who scored twenty goals last year. Adam Fox is a great prospect, and you know Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannifin are players that I really like. Um, they got them both signed to six year extensions. Um, Lindholm, he's a hands down, without a doubt, second line center, and that's good. Um, he isn't a first line center. He never turned into a big time player in Carolina. There, there are holes in his game. Uh, the goal scoring is is not anywhere near where it needs to be for him. I mean, he can't score just twelve goals a year. Um, I just he has to get that up towards 15 or 20. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that, but maybe he will be. Um, it never seemed to happen offensively uh, under Bill Peters, so he's going to be under Bill Peters again with a more talented roster, maybe around him. Calgary doesn't make me, you know, feel any sort of way um, with their with their forwards outside of. Goudreau and Monahan and Kachuk. I mean, Neil's good. I mean, they have a pretty talented top six. Um, they need Sam Bennett to turn it around, or else he's probably going to get traded eventually. But um, and then you have Noah Hannafin, who I really liked last year. He had a great first half. Um, the second half was rough, but it was rough for everyone on that team, and no one seemingly could get it together especially after the trade deadline, it just all fell apart. And, you know, Noah Hannafin was not very good down the stretch, but I still think that he, he can be a number two or three defenseman on a, on a good team. He's not, I don't know if he's ever going to be the number one defenseman that a lot of people thought he was going to be, but I think he's still a borderline top pairing defenseman at his best. And, you know, the, the opinion 
in that trade was I think the Hurricanes traded for what Noah Hannafin can be one day in Dougie Hamilton. And they traded away Hannafin, who is still, I mean, he's nowhere near as good as Dougie Hamilton. Or Hannafin's nowhere near as good as Dougie Hamilton. But maybe one day he can be kind of near as good. Um, that's to be determined. Would you, of course, that trade was months ago and we've talked about it. Nauseam, do you have anything to add, Justin? Uh, just the Flames overall, I think, gambled a little bit with their contract situations. Um, I don't, I'm not out of this world happy about James Neal's deal, uh, not for the real deal. Uh, sorry, I needed an extra putt in there. Um, yes. But yes. yeah, that, that one wasn't, wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan of. I liked Hannafin's deal. I would have been comfortable if that was the deal in Carolina. Um, Elias Lynn Holmes was still a little too high, I think. Um, but I, I guess they, they wanted this, this change of the guard more or less. Um, they were unhappy with, with how last season turned out. Um, so I, I, I understand it, but I still, even from an outsider's point of view, I still think that Carolina wins the trade by far. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, (laughs) it's going to be weird you know they have the talent on that roster. They have Sean Monahan. They have Johnny Goudreau, and now they have Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin and James Neal. I mean, there's there's some prominent names or some at least some solid guys there, but their problem is you have Bill Peters as your head coach. Um, he, I just don't know if this is the right gamble for Calgary, and and you know the hot seat in Carolina is different than the hot seat in a in a Canadian market. Um, if they'd start poor, I mean, you could see him fired as early as, as Christmas, in my opinion. Um, but I, I don't know. It just there is a this is a talented team. I just think the goaltending has to get it together and you know the defense has to prove that they're still a solid defense even without Dougie Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I, so I agree with pretty much all that. Um really Calgary's a similar team to Carolina, really. I mean Last year, Calgary expected to be a playoff team. The Hurricanes expected to be a playoff team. And I feel like the Hurricanes got better over the offseason. I think they did by a good deal. Um, But I don't know how much better Calgary got. I mean, they traded away an amazing defenseman for some... I don't know reason uh, because he likes going to museums. Um, trade away <laughs> him. Furlan had a great year. Adam Fox is a good prospect that they didn't want to get rid of, but Carolina insisted that he had to be part of a deal, and that's really what put put the deal over the top for Carolina, in my opinion. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, I just don't know how Bill Peters is. I mean, Bill Peters was pretty much one of the biggest reasons why this team never can make it over the hump and Calgary fired their head coach um, because he couldn't get them over the hump so I don't know why they think Bill Peters is magically going to be the guy that can get them there Um, it's just you know it's, it's still a weird thing for me but 
I get there's a lot of respect for Bill Peters. He's a great hockey man. Uh, good for him. Uh, you know, he makes hay and all that whatnot. But so we'll, let's stay in the uh, province of Alberta. Edmonton Oilers. Justin, what do you think about the Oilers offseason? Not very, not very uh, exciting or active. Well, no, it was not. But when you're leading scorer and probably the greatest player uh, in the league says he wants to score more, uh, I think the best, the rest of the league better look out. Um, I think it's safe to say Connor McDavid could put up 120 points this season, if not more, if he stays healthy. Um, 200 the rest, points. Who knows? <laughs> Probably not. Probably 207 not. points. All right, that looks good if, if if you end up being right. I mean, that's that's a genius prediction. <laughs> yeah. Put all your money in Vegas. But um <laughs> yeah, I I I'm still not huge on the rest of the roster. Uh Andre Sikara got hurt. Um so the defense hurts Poor even guy. more and and Darnell Nurse still isn't signed as as of the recording of this podcast. So um yeah, I mean their their defense still looks shoddy. I think they had a chance. Um, to do something, but I'm glad that they didn't do something stupid because that's what we've known Peter Shirelli to do. And and you know they went to the the bargain bin. They got Kyle Brodziak, Tobias Reader. So I, I I like it that they didn't pull the trigger too much. Um, so yeah, um, I I just don't know in a tough division here if they're going to be a leader. Um, so we'll we'll see we'll see for sure. All right, let's go back into the United States for a little bit. And uh, let's talk about the Los Angeles Kings. Um, so this would have been Max Pacioretty's new team. It would not have been uh, Vegas had he been able to negotiate a contract with the Kings at the draft, at least according to Alan Walsh. But um, So instead, they signed Ilya Kovalchuk. This is a, it's a weird one for me. 35 hasn't played in the league in what five years he was good in russia in the khl but that's a different league and i don't know how he's going to translate over they gave him a lot of money they gave him three years um one of the oldest teams in the league got even older because of that um so it's interesting and the kings are still an interesting team to me because I still think that they have a chance to potentially break through in in the West. Um, they extended Drew Doughty, who's a top three defenseman in the league probably, with Carlson and Hedman in that mix too. Um, you know, he's in that he's in that ballpark. So they gave him an eight year extension. It's good that they didn't let things, you know, get crazy with his contract. They just got it done now, a year before it expires, and they're good to go. Um, we'll see how, you know, the likes of Andre Kopitar and Jeff Carter, uh, how they age moving forward, and uh, how they produce. I still think they're a, a good team, and uh, you know, when you have Jonathan Quick in there, is he overrated sometimes? Yeah, but sometimes he is absolutely flat out one of the best if not the best goalie on the planet uh unfortunately for him it's not always super consistent and he's battled injuries lately and 
but you know if he's healthy and he's able to put stuff together uh with his game and he's one of the best in the league and you know it's they didn't do a whole lot but what they did is you know they added a score granted he's older and that could end up poorly but i think he should be a 60 point ish guy kovalchuk and uh, they took care of their biggest in-house you know looming contract and which was drew dowdy so you know i like their team i like i like the the depth to an extent uh i like the top end talent and uh they, i think they should be uh right in there in the playoff conversation again next year um, yeah, I, I think that the Ilya Kovalchuk move um, helps out the offense, but it doesn't help out their age problem. Yeah. They're just getting old. Uh, I think they're due for a, a retool or a rebuild within the next two to three seasons. Um, I think these are maybe their last few cracks mm-hmm. at uh, another cup um, of a team that, you know, it's no no reason to shake your head at. I mean, they they had as almost as much success as Chicago did. Over those those like that six year five year yeah. span, um, I mean it seemed like they alternated cups almost. So um, yeah, I mean I, I think that they will also kind of be in, in, in contention, but I don't think they're going to wow anybody. Um, but a team that does have a chance to wow some some people is you know the San Jose Sharks. Um, you know it's it's not so much what they did; it's what they didn't do. Um, you know they were in the the basically top three for John Tavares. Um, it's it seemed like they they even almost had you know they almost had reeled him in. Uh, but you know he goes to Toronto and they're kind of left empty-handed. But um, they still have a very solid roster and they you know they locked up players that needed to be locked up. Uh, Logan Couture uh, getting him to an eight-year extension was crucial. Um, they re-signed Evander Kane for seven years. Now some saw that as a risk. Um, you know, he's streaky. They, you know, some locker room complaints, um, things of that nature. But uh, I, I like the deal. I, I think it's good. Um, it's a win-win situation for both the player and the team. It keeps the uh, average annual value down. Um, and, you know, Joe Thorne took a pay cut. So I think this team is basically right where they're at. Um, you know, if, if Martin Jones can can hold it together, I mean, they, they could be a cup contender. So... Um, I, I do like what this team did. Uh, and, you know, I think they still have some space left that they could add another player. Uh, Patch ready off the market, but um, who knows? Eric Carlson, maybe? What do you think? That would be pretty cool. Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. Uh, the yeah. all uh, hair team. Uh, one defenseman has it on his chin and face, and the other on the top of his head. I like San Jose. I mean, Evander Kane really fit in there after after he got dealt. They gave him a big extension, so hopefully that continues. Evander Kane isn't always known as the best locker room guy or the most team-oriented guy, um, but he's a good player, and he, he did fit in very well in San Jose. Um, let's talk about Vancouver. Uh, ugh, Vancouver, the Canucks. Yeah. The Canucks. Um, so Jim Benning and company went out and uh, signed Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel to four-year deals, each getting $3 million a year. So a lot of people made fun of the Canucks for this. They probably deserved it. Um, 
these are not three million dollar players uh they are bottom six players uh it was just shocking to see that um i don't think it's as bad as some people are making out to be vancouver is a team that is very much rebuilding currently uh they're not going to be threatening for anything uh they need bodies they need warm bodies on that team um (laughs) so they got two of them and you know they wanted to make sure they got them they gave them the money you know it's they're not going to be negatively you know affected by this cap wise i mean maybe in four years they'll be you know starting to be a contender again and maybe those contracts will look kind of bad then but i mean in the meantime it's kind of whatever i mean they're gonna they're gonna be players for them that are nhl quality players uh but they're nothing special, and they're they're not worth the money they got. But I mean, I, I'd have to think that Vancouver was the only place that was going to give those two guys those kind of contracts. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Jake Vertanen, uh, that story continues. He got a two-year extension, just over a million a year. They're still hoping he can turn into something for him. Um, you know, if you think Hayden Fleury was a bad pick. Uh, Vertanen was taken before <laughs> Flurry, so there's that. He hasn't really turned into much. Uh, he's a power forward. He's a, you know, he's a good, he's a decent overall player. The offense just hasn't come around for him, and you know he has two more years to try to put it together. He is an NHL quality player though, and you know I think he's a solid third line player at least moving forward for them. Um, a guy to look out for is Elias Pettersson. Um, had an amazing year in the Swedish league, broke all sorts of records um, for Vajo in that in the SHL, and he's he's expected to come over and play. Uh, he's going to have really high expectations. I don't know if he's going to necessarily reach all of those expectations. I think he's going to be a great player in this league for a really long time. Um, He's definitely going to be at least a top six center, if not first line center, for the foreseeable future, uh, like decade. Because I mean, he's a he's an exceptionally talented player, um, and he showed that last year. And and Vancouver has has a good group of prospects. They have Thatcher Demko. They drafted Quentin Hughes, who who could be a great defenseman for them. He's going to go back to the University of Michigan next year to play, but. He has a bright future. He was a first-round pick, a top-ten pick at that. Um, you know, they they have a good, you know, group of young players coming up, and then they have Bo Horvat and um, uh, Sven Barchi and Brock Besser had an amazing year last year. So it's not like this is just a, a dumpster fire with nothing to look forward to for Vancouver. I think the better days are, are coming around. Um, they have good young players at every position, but next year looks like a struggle. The Sedins are gone. I think that's going to be a big deal for, for that team, that organization. Um I don't know. It could be rough. Louis Erickson's still there. He's, you know, still getting overpaid and not being very good. Um, but I guess we'll see. You know, I, I think they're going to be in the running for the first overall pick. I really do. I think they're going to be a bottom five team. But, you know, at least they kind of have, you know, they have something to look forward to future-wise because they have good prospects and they have Brock Besser. 
So I guess it just it's it's all about how it comes together in the next few years. Yeah, I mean they're not a team that's going to be at the forefront uh, this year, and I think, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the Beagle and Roussel deals are are interesting <laughs> for sure. Um, it. You know, I don't even think they make it the full four years either. They're they're traded or bought out. I, I I'm not sure. Um, Buried. In I, the I don't know. I don't know because yeah, if if best case scenario, uh, you know, Peterson, Horvat, Besser, and and Quinn Hughes, you know, end up being at an accelerated rate and they could become pe- competitive in two years. Um, yeah, Thatcher Demko is is a stud um mm-hmm. so you really like that um so i think they have all the the makings of what could be a a soon to be contender i'm talking you know five years or something like that but <laughs> um they yeah i'm not saying this year but um not super soon. i i wouldn't count them out they're not a dire situation um there's definitely teams with worse situations than them so montreal. <laughs> yeah montreal <laughs> and I'd even put Detroit in there too. Um, Detroit, yeah. yeah, I mean, they had a good draft. minus minus Zadina, it's in Valeno. It's it's dire, and there's bad contracts. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Vancouver, they're they're in a good position. Um, it won't be a a great year for them, um, but yeah, if a top five pick, you know, only helps their situation even more. Um, but I think if anyone's a threat to to players like Svechnikov and, and Nietzsche's when it comes to the Calder. Uh, trophy. It's going to be Elias Peterson. Uh, he is he is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I wouldn't be surprised. Besser was you know right in there. So um, I don't imagine, know. I, I imagine I, if they finish like bottom five, they get the first overall pick. Then yeah, imagine Jack Hughes and Elias Peterson. That would be yeah. crazy. And then you've got you got Quentin Hughes on the back end, really? and yeah. you still have Brock Besser on the wing, and, and you have, you have Thatcher Demo. And you have Thatcher Demko coming in net. That's imagine that right just, there is yeah. a good team. <laughs> I mean, imagine so. a top nine center core of Jack Hughes, Elias Pettersson, and Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat. Yeah, That'd yeah. Bo Horvat is is the Jordan Stall in that situation yeah. with with yeah. you know the <laughs> Crosby and Malkin right there. You know, so um, yeah, uh, they're gonna be a competitive team down the road. Maybe not so much this year, but a team that was projected i guess to be uh you know competitive jump people, until they surprise people, the oh my gosh all right calm down <laughs> mickey right. mouse your disney predictions yeah oh gosh um yes the vegas golden knights of course um as i said they had a great off season i mean the Pacioretty deal is just i think is a very solid deal and and you know adding um, so your death with Paul Statsny, you know, it's not, it wasn't the greatest contract, you know, given his age, but, um, they're going to be a good team. But I think the surprising thing was that they didn't sign William Carlson to a long-term deal. Um, it's, it's surprising in a way, but I also understand it. Um, you know, last year he exploded for 40 plus goals and had a very good, um, play season or One excuse me, thing. postseason, had a good postseason. Um, yeah, I mean, he was he was the man for them last year, but they only got him to a one year deal. Um, I guess they want him to go out and prove it again this year mm-hmm. um, to see if yeah if he's worth the maybe seven mil range. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, if he does that uh, again, he's if, gonna get a lot. If of he money. does, if he gets into the thirties, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits seven seven mil range. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely kind of like the the face right. 
they don't have any stars. That's the crazy thing about them. But they're like, you know, they're just very, very solid. Um, the only thing that I didn't like that they did, and I think it was, I think it was still during the playoffs, was they signed Mark Andre Fleury to a three-year extension. While I understand it, yikes! <laughs> um, it, if he gets injured, or or you know, I don't know, he's getting so old now. <laughs> He's getting so old, so I, I, I'm not a big fan of the three-year deal. I don't um, mind it. I, I think if you maybe give him two or one, kind of have him play on a prove-it um, deal. What does he have to prove? I, I, he was so good last year. I know, he but he's just so good. I, yes, he was. He was. He was and so goalies, good. And goalies can and play me, for a while. Luongo yeah. and Lundqvist are out there still doing it. <laughs> Yeah, and to me, he's a Hall of Famer. I'm not. I'm not doubting his abilities. Um, it's just his age. I just think his, you know, goalies they deteriorate with age. I mean, Broder, you saw how Broder kind of fell off a cliff after he got older. After he so. turned like 45, though. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Around, just he was around. Yager. He was around in his mid 70s. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Broder. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I still like how they have Malcolm Subban back there. Uh, I I like him a lot. <laughs> I pick him in all my EA Sports NHL franchises. So yeah, he's always uh, a good pick there. Yeah. Um, so I I think they will be very competitive this year, and I don't think they're done. I think that they really will be a competitor if this Eric Carlson trade comes in the next few weeks. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't count them out. Um, mm-hmm. especially if they. If the deal is if Bobby Ryan is involved, uh, they have the cap space for it. Um, they could, you know, cut part ways with him at the end of the season, whatever. Um, and I, I don't know. And I wouldn't throw Bobby Ryan as as I think he could bounce back. Um, but yeah, I, I really like Vegas. I think that they're going to be another competitive team in this pretty tight division. Um, I think you can say like five of the teams are pretty tight and then there's kind of a talent drop off from there. Um, but I don't know, maybe Vancouver could be the only team that, you know, looks like crap. Then the rest of them are really just, that could be a a really difficult division. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really think that I don't know if they're they're Stanley cup final team again. I think it was kind of magic. Um, but yeah, you, you can see them in the playoffs for sure. All right, that's the Pacific Division. That is our preview of the Pacific Division. Um, I think we're done. I think we are. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just take a moment here. Um, I don't know when you guys will be listening to this, but uh, for sure there is, you know, some pretty bad weather coming to North Carolina, and you know, we here at Canes Country wish you all the best. Uh, we love the Hurricanes, but we don't love hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, please stay safe, guys. Don't be smart. Make smart decisions. And, and uh, you know, we're wishing everybody the best for sure. Um, you know, based on based on the results of it, um, you know, we might see what we as a site can do to help, um, whether that's fundraising or, or something. So, uh, yeah, for sure, stay safe, guys. And, and thank you, as always, for following our work. We really appreciate it. And, uh yeah, um, so follow us on Twitter at Canes Country. You can f- like us on Facebook, Canes Country, of course, and at Canes Country Picks, that's P-I-X, on Instagram. Um, 
we will be ramping up coverage, of course. You know, it's been a slow summer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some storm advisories were pretty tough to write. Um, <laughs> I hope yeah. Brian doesn't hear this. But, uh, yeah, there are some pretty tough ones to write, you know. But, uh, I mean, especially with the patch ready trade and everything, things are starting to pick up. So we're, mm-hmm. we're excited to get back to, to covering what we love. So, um, and also, guys, go out and buy AHL TV. I mean, Brett and I are going to split it, I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, and and what a deal! Um, it was it deal. was an arm and a, it was an arm and a leg basically, and now it's just a few fingers. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's very, the best that's very true. It, it, you, it used to cost like seven thousand dollars to watch one AHL hockey game, and now it's it only like seventy really for seemed, a whole year. It's great. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, grab grab the checkers. You can get you know a full um, season's worth of one team, or you could get you know just home or just away. So. Uh, we'll, we'll see what we're going to end up doing, but we're, we're definitely getting it. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. I recommend it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, thanks as always. And don't, don't cut it off yet. I'm follow, not cutting it off Follow yet. Justin at Lanky Lape on Twitter. Follow me at Brett underscore oh, finger. yes. I made a new Twitter Brett account. Is back. And, uh, yeah, Brett is so. back and almost has like two-fifths of the followers I've had in the matter of five days. So <laughs> – um, I'm embarrassed. I've had this account for like eight years. <laughs> so, um, yeah, get back to following him. He's got good content. He's he's back making. Do you call them gifs or gifs? Uh, no comment. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>